I'm on a mission. A mission to speak with the most inspiring people from all over the world. I want to know their stories. I want to know what stories they used to tell. And are those the same stories that they're telling today? Or did they redefine that story to overcome limiting beliefs and achieve their dreams? I want to help them share their stories. Why? Because I know the power of the story. I know that it can make or break you. It can give you the world or it can tear it apart. There's always two sides going down in your head and you get to choose. Will I listen to the one that's trying to stop me or the one that keeps pushing? These are their stories and this is the stories we tell. What's up, y'all? It's your host, Jamie Messina, and woo, I'm excited for this episode. No offense to any past guests, but this was my favorite. Um, we have the Cruisin' Pod, the ladies from the Cruisin' Pod on today's show. They decided they were going to pack up their cars and go for a road trip all across the U.S. to every last known standing lesbian bar, and today they are sharing their experiences um, that they had with us. But first, before we get to that, if you haven't hit subscribe yet, please go ahead and do that. And if you find value in today's episode or any of the episodes that you hear, please consider going and leaving a five-star review uh, over on Apple iTunes. That's going to help me reach my goal of rippling out to at least a million people. And by the way, November 30th, we have speed dating. If you are um, a woman who wants to date other women, or maybe you're non-binary or whatever, uh, Club Lily's members, whoever, we are having speed dating for you. Um, we're going to start with the East and the West Coast. It's on November 30th. I will put the link in the description. By the way, eventually we will... Uh, we're going to get a little more detailed on the areas. But we're, we're giving this first shot a try with the East and the West Coast. And, um, yeah, we want you to join us. It's November 30th. I can't wait to see how it goes down. And um, let's just get to it with the cruising pod. I just want you to hear everything they have to say. It was so much fun. Um, and here they are. All right. I have um, the cruising pod here <laughs> today. First of all, I, I don't know when. It was like sometime in the summer. Um all of a sudden this popped up and I was like, Ooh, I want to go <laughs> immediately followed y'all. I have, um, Sarah, Jen and Rachel with me, um, today. Thank you guys for coming. I appreciate it. Or thank y'all for coming. I'm working on not saying guys anymore. It's like, very like, <laughs> um, thank you. Do you want to tell me just a little bit about yourselves and, and how you started the, the cruising pod? Yeah, totally. I'll I'll start and then I'll throw to Rachel because we get this question a lot. But um, so basically, so I we kind of conceptualized this idea um two years ago, 2021, right? Yeah. And um the beginning of 2021, and the the concept of lesbian bars disappearing was making headlines. But but previously to that, we um we we had been wanting to make a podcast like I I had just graduated from journalism school and Rachel and Jen work in TV and they're they're they have production experience so we were like what can our podcast be about and then Rachel really came to us with the idea awesome yeah and then basically um it was kind of a little bit of a pipe dream at first we were like how could we actually go to all these spaces and um, uh, make this podcast? And then by uh, the fall of 2021, so about a year ago, um, we set off, set out on this 30-day, 10,000-mile road trip around the country to visit each of the bars on this working list that we had um, and interview regulars and bartenders and owners, um, community members in each space to kind of put together a little mini audio documentary um, on each bar. Awesome. Um, so first of all, how old are you guys? Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> um, we we also struggle with that, just so you know, and we're all personally fine with being referred to that way. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I'm 26. And I'm also Rachel's 26. And I'm 42. 
Okay, so I'm I'm with Jen, and so yes. this is been- although we don't look it. I need, I know you people can't see us, but nobody would peg us as in our forties. Yeah. Or how old you, are you? Why are you like thirty six, thirty seven? Forty. Yeah. So oh, I good for you. I don't think either one of us look. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, not at all. Well, this has been a thing for such a long time. So I came out when I was eighteen. It was like the year two thousand one or something like that, yeah. and like lesbian bars were few and far between they'd, they'd come on the scene it, it wouldn't be a, a establishment like set in stone it would be like, hey we're going to be at this place it would last for about six months and then it would die and then we'd be without one for a few and then it would pop up somewhere else and but it's always kind of been a thing of like where do we go and so I was I'm intrigued yeah. the difference in in what your experience was or how this came about from Jen to Sarah and Rachel because y'all are a lot has changed since we were younger in the scene you know um Jim do you have any like thoughts on that well I have a totally different perspective right like I it's my my queer identity and lesbian identity was established truly by going out to spaces mm-hmm. whether it was you know a space that had been there like cubbyhole or Henrietta's or a night nightly party like girl nation or stilettos you know those were for a decade I had those spaces um, to kind of go to, to like form who I was and be, be comfortable. Um, and I actually, I don't know if Rachel and Sarah did really did that in their, in their kind of like coming into their queer identity. Um, what do you guys think? We, we did like do that once we moved to New York, but I'm, this okay. is such an interesting question. I'm thinking about like, how did I, form my queer identity I wonder if like for us there's just like not um in the same way that there are like so many different places you can go to find other lesbians like there were so many yeah this it's the same thing for like me personally discovering myself like I don't feel like I I don't didn't need to go to a specific space to be like just constantly like exploring and theorizing about what my sexuality was that kind of thing Mm -hmm. what my identity was do you think it was because because of you know you were just comfortable in in other spaces that weren't specifically lesbian or specifically queer like I feel like when I was in my formative years like in my 20s we weren't super comfortable doing that like you weren't you couldn't just go into a straight bar and be like oh she's beautiful I'm gonna chat with her she kind of looks like she's alone you wouldn't do that you would only really feel comfortable doing that in specific spaces. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Well, now I'm thinking about, so you, Jen went to school in the city. So, so you had like access to that in the, that's like the formative, like college years at, for me too, was like so formative. And, and Rachel and I were places where we like upstate New York, where we, we didn't have, I personally oh, yeah. didn't have like any, queer community at all so now I'm thinking I I don't know this is such an interesting question I I didn't have access I definitely didn't have access in my like early early years my mind's going over here just because if you think about it even social media though TikTok Instagram we didn't have that and actually the only reason that I have met other lesbians in college I went to Northeastern University it's downtown Boston and I went I there was something do you remember oh my god please remember this planetout.com yes (laughs) <laughs> that's how I met my first lesbian friend. This was like Facebook <laughs> before Facebook was anything. It was like this private, like you could have a profile and it was like, but it was planned out. And, but I wasn't out, but I, my parents didn't know what a website was. So like, no, so you could like, <laughs> you could, you could hide if people weren't really savvy with the, the interwebs, you could hide on places without being caught. Yeah. Yeah. But like, other than that, we would see people at the bar in Provincetown on Women's Weekend, which was like the worst weekend of the summer because it was free. It was like before it was the season yet, so it was freezing. We're all like there in like raincoats <laughs> and shit, just packing the streets. Um, but that's why I was so intrigued by what y'all were doing, just because um, it it was surprising to me that as we grow as a community, the bars are actually getting less and less. You would think that they would be more and more, right? So why is that? Yeah. So I mean, I think part of it. Um, is kind of what we're what we've been talking about that like there are so many other spaces now um to mm-hmm. be queer in like you don't especially uh you know not not everyone and not everywhere but like for us personally like here living in Brooklyn it's like we can go to any bar and 
be super gay and feel safe and comfortable. It doesn't have to be specifically a lesbian bar. And then there's also like the dating apps and TikTok, social media, the internet, like there's all these other spaces to connect with other queer people. Um, So I think that's like, that's a big part of it. Um, But something that we're kind of just uh, discovering now as we're like starting to work on a second season that we haven't really, what? You heard it here first. Yeah, you heard it here first. Like we haven't really, um, we haven't really like publicized, been publicizing this or like um, really fully fleshed out like what, what our thoughts are on this. But uh, as we've been talking to more and more people, like it's kind of becoming more and more clear that like for for decades lesbian bars have been coming and going mm-hmm. um like they don't have a great track record of being these like super long lasting establishments and there have been um there have always been like house parties and uh you know monthly events weekly events bi-weekly events um and these kind of like unofficial like non-brick and mortar places where um where queer people have gathered and uh and so I think that's you know that's a part of it too and maybe it's not such a huge departure from like what we've seen in decades past that a lot of lesbian bars have closed and there's only a handful left in a lot of cities and And also so many spaces that aren't like explicitly identifying as anything that just like are do have a lot of queer women that frequent them or like maybe are like sort of women centric like we we were just in Chicago and we were getting name after name of like oh did you go to this bar like did you go to this bar it's lesbian run but it's not really like a queer bar blah blah blah. it's like when you like expand another thing is just like the definition of a lesbian bar what is that and so like when you expand the definition there are still hundreds of lesbian bars. So that's something we're right. grappling with right yeah. now. And I'm even like, talking about it. Sorry, go ahead. No, that's okay. Go ahead. I want to hear well, you. I was just thinking, even talking about it now, sitting here, like thinking, it's almost <laughs> like, so I, when we were on the road, I started to realize, oh my gosh, I still have these like three, two or three places that I could go to that are specifically for like people like me, my interests, and I don't go to them because I'm in a place where I'm spoiled. So one of my biggest learnings on the road was when I get back home, I'm going to go back to those spaces. Like I can just as easily go to them as I can go to like my neighborhood bar. Like I should be supporting them. But I'm wondering too, if this just like is part of it. Like we just stopped going to these spaces because, you know, as crazy and horrible sometimes as the country does feel, and, you know, we can feel like hunted and not accepted. I wonder if we just had this other confidence where we could start like branching out and we just moved away from the spaces. So they weren't like disappearing partially, like they might have closed, but maybe we weren't going to them as frequently as we were. Now it's all the rage. Now it's like any night of the week, you go to our local bar gingers here in Brooklyn and it's jammed, which is amazing. And we're so pumped about it wasn't like that for a really long time while it was open pre pandemic. Okay, you're blowing my mind right now. First of all, <laughs> I have a perspective as to why they, at least back then when I was younger, I was like, well, you know, the lesbians go to the bar, an event, a night would open, we'd last six months because then everyone would pair up and it would either get cold and all the lesbians go and they like hibernate for <laughs> winter and then they break up in the summer and then you have another bar. But also like, so I don't know, I don't think you guys know what I do per se, but I have this large Facebook group called Club Lilies. It's for later in life lesbians. I'm not. I came up when I was 18, but I saw the plethora of women that were experiencing this on um, TikTok and I'm a coach. So like I just made the space for them and, and we're working on this. And um, one of the things that one of my goals with it is to empower the lesbian community from within to support ourselves. So we're going to bring in like, you know, people that are doing big things within the lesbian community. So entrepreneurs and businesses. And because I don't know that we necessarily knew, like if you, sure, there's a lesbian bar. If it's in your town, you can go and frequent that if you know about it. But how do you support the specific lesbian community from within? And I'm like, social media, it, 2023 is the year of the lesbian. <laughs> I think it is. It, it's start, it definitely already started. It's, yes. definitely- it's exciting. I'm excited. <laughs> we we also have someone defined lesbian um in our most recent trip 
they defined lesbian in such a like broad kind of like wonderful way. And I, I hadn't been identifying as a lesbian. Like I'm like, I'm, I'm pan. And now I, I like, I, I'm jumping on this 2023 bandwagon. I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm joining the lesbians, but she was saying like, um, she just does she identifies les- as a lesbian and she just, what that means to her is like not centering cishet men in her life and like not being not being with cishet men and to her that is being a lesbian which that is not like that's definitely not the definition to a lot of people but I'm like that sounds good to me that I'm sure that sounds good to like so many people in like in my generation I love that in our community like the community that I built online we're not all there's a a wide range of people in there there's even people trying to figure it out still and the word sapphic came up recently which I had just recently started to hear and I'm like, oh, okay, because I'm trying to, you know, I have, um, I'm older, like, quote, unquote, but like, we're set, I'm set in my way. So now all these words are coming and I'm still, I feel old. I'm like, I don't, I got to learn. I got to learn all the things and I'm ready to hear it and just welcome as many people as we can. To, we don't want anybody to feel like they're not included, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's beautiful to have all these types of options now. Right. And it, all of the, all of these identities and <clears throat> you know, what, like what you desired, what you believed in, it all existed when we were in our twenties, right? People just weren't confident enough probably to talk about it. It wasn't something that like we offered a safe place to talk about, right? It would have been really foreign to us. And we, you know, we obviously didn't present the safest of platforms for everybody to talk about it because it didn't really come about, you know, like we aren't so open in all these different identities as we have been in in the past decade. Um, so it's, it's now just a really beautiful platform and, and spaces are offering people that opportunity. Yeah. I love it. And we weren't, we weren't, unfortunately, it was yeah. all there before. Yeah. Yeah. But it was still fun underground. <laughs> totally. 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 <laughs> um, what's like the coolest thing that you learned on your, your trip? Like the, the main, I'm sure there was many things, but the number one thing that kind of sticks out that you'd like to share with people. Mm. Maybe all of something different too. Yeah, I'm. I I can start. There's so in general, we learned so much about queer history. Like, I should have known that this was going to happen, but it it just really blew my mind. Like any any sort of older queer person that we talked to had so many stories about like like you're saying like underground the underground scene and like different like ordinances and means of oppression that I had no idea existed back back then um but um some happy things that we learned about in in that same vein so so for our Seattle episode we learned that there was this thing called women's land I don't know have you heard about it it was (laughs) it was huge anyone we talked to in Seattle that was around in the 70s and 80s like was like it was like you know, a household term, but they were, they, it it was, so in, in the seventies and eighties, a a huge thing across the whole country, their women were like, you know, saying F you to the patriarchy, mostly queer women and buying plots of land and like living off of the land and building their own shelters and like, and just like living in their own little communities without like relying on any men that was like their whole kind of thing and then people would travel around if you weren't necessarily like wanting to live there permanently you could like like yeah you could travel around and stay on women's land or like find like um safe places like that to 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 like stay for a little bit and we talked to so many people that had done that and like just had lived in these communities for like years and years and years, which blew my mind. I had no idea that this existed at all. I've never heard that, but yeah. I want to move. So forward. cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Bring it back. 2023. You never know. 2023. 2024 yeah. women's land properties could just be popping up. I mean, it's not a bad idea. <laughs> and, well, did any, did um, you, y'all find something interesting other than like that sticks out to you that kind of like, every day you kind of think about now? Well, something that's like, uh, I don't know, I've been thinking about a lot that just the last couple of days that we, I feel like just kind of discovered. Um, so we were just in Chicago for the weekend, um, doing a bunch of interviews, working on our second season. We're starting to look at like historic spaces that aren't around anymore. 
And we interviewed this one woman who just turned 80 and she kept talking about um, the older lesbians at the bars that she used to go to, um, at which just like, like, obviously, like, <laughs> of course, like when she was young, there were people that were older than her. Um, but it just kind of like blew my mind that there's this whole generation, many generations of of queer people uh, that whose stories and and histories are just lost because they were closeted. There, there weren't there weren't people documenting queer culture um, at the time. And uh, yeah, I just I don't know. I think that's both really sad, but also really, really reinforced um, for me personally, like the need to be getting as many stories and interviews um, with with older folks while they're still around so that the that generation has a history that's not lost. Absolutely. Like when you were saying that, I'm thinking about it and thinking back to probably when we were in our 20s and I'm like, well, how did I even know anything? I really, there was only like like two movies on HBO you could watch. It was like <laughs> Better Than Chocolate and like- uh, <laughs> So good. You're right. I've seen it at least 50 times. Yeah, and I'd be like, you know, but other than that, although, fun fact, so when I was 18, I went to Provincetown for the first time in my life for Women's Weekend. I was sitting on a bench with some lady with my friends and they were like, can we take a photo of you? Yes. Okay, fine. Like a couple months later, there's a magazine. Do you remember this, Jen? It was called Girlfriends Magazine. No. Ellen was on the cover- and I was in the centerfold of the magazine. <laughs> Wait, what? Do you have it? I, I do. It's in Boston, but I have like a photo of it. Yeah. I wasn't even out. <laughs> and they just like, they were like, can we just take a photo for And I'm like, sure. I didn't think there was a magazine called Girl. But yeah, Ellen's on the front. She hadn't even started the Ellen show yet. She had just like left the, you know, been fired from her TV show. And it's me and my friends. And it's like Provincetown weekend. Like, and we're like in the middle <laughs> You got to do a throwback on. Are you, you're wild. on TikTok, right? You got to do a I throwback. Did it. I have People, like oh, the, nice, they, nice, they nice. I have it. to. I have to see it then. And That's there's another amazing. one. They threw us in a freaking textbook without asking either. They we went to Youth Pride in Boston. It, it's not even a thing anymore. And I was literally 18, and they took all. And next thing you know, like you know, somebody found it eventually. And was like, there's photo of us about LGBTQ rights in the. Actually, the queue wasn't even there. And and we were in the textbook. <laughs> oh, wild! They did That's not crazy. <laughs> I like did not didn't care, but because I came home. Yeah, hear that. But <laughs> I'm like making note of this for when when we someday interview you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, totally. That's so cool. So, are you from from the Boston area? Or are you just moved there? Okay, I'm me and Rachel, Boston. Rachel and I are from Acton. So, oh Boston. shoot, I grew up yeah. in Water- Watertown, Massachusetts. So, oh, okay, very yeah. cool. Know it well. Yeah. yeah. And you know what's funny as you were talking about documentation and I'm so mad at myself. I used to carry around this handy cam, like, you know, like the, the bigger ones. And and I have on um when gay marriage became legal for the legal, like marriage, marriage, not civil unions became legal in Boston. Um, first of all, we didn't know what was happening. We turned on the 11 o'clock news and it's like at midnight, they're going to do this. So me and my friend looked at each other. We were in Somerville. We're like, let's get in the car and we go. And we go to Cambridge Mass to the courthouse and we're out there to have my handy cam and I'm going through and everyone's in the streets. And behind us was Reverend Phelps in the Westboro Baptist Church with their signs. And so I'm videoing them and then I'm videoing the people on the stage, like or on the stairs. Um, there was a, a lesbian couple that got married at midnight. And I'm like having chills telling you because I have that video somewhere and I know nobody threw it out, but I cannot find it at the moment. It, it, I'm putting it out in the universe that we're going to find it again because it's gold. You're, you're going to find wow. it. You're going to find it before the end of this year because 2023 year of the lesbians. And <laughs> you need lesbians. to have it for 2023. <laughs> yeah. I have to find it by then. <laughs> I've just moved in like nine. Like I don't live in Boston anymore. I live in St. Petersburg, which by the way, I don't know if there's any, the whole place is gay and friendly and lesbian. Um, although dog bar is where all the lesbians go. Although it's not a lesbian bar per se. But huh. So every- how come everyone goes there? Because you can bring your dogs and there's dogs there. Oh, dog bar, <laughs> duh. Makes sense. Yeah, I guess. So that would be that would be the lesbian hangout, right? Somebody yeah. in Chicago was actually just telling us about St. Petersburg as like a queer hotspot. Oh, um, so I don't often. even know how I wound up here. I said, <laughs> I want to move. I heard they had a great pride. I came here without ever visiting. It was the best thing. And it feels like I'm in like, it, it was and everyone's like, you're in Florida. I'm like, but it's St. Pete. You never, you got to come to St. Pete and check it out. At least <laughs> you're voting in Florida. Yeah. I know it's like, it might not seem to matter, but it helps. <laughs> well, totally. we're, we're super, um, St. Pete is super, I walk outside and there's every 
uh, business has a gay flag hanging. Awesome. That's awesome. So and just cool. to, I just wanted to, I just wanted to circle back to like our kind of favorite coolest things from our original trip. A lot of the times when we were at these bars, um, Rachel and Sarah, Sarah would be conducting the interviews. Rachel would be there too. And it just like to not freak people out and have three people sitting with them. I would be the one that would just kind of wait and bounce around and chat with people. And the coolest thing in every single place is that people were so beyond even the people that we interviewed were so just willing to, to be vulnerable and share and accept us and then allow, like give us that space to share with them. And it like no fail every single time. Like I had multiple like amazing reactions within each place. Cause people were just, just so open and accepting to these, you know, three strange people coming into their, their local place. So that was, that was one of my favorite, one of my favorite takeaways from our, our larger road trip. Yeah. I love that. And like, so if we think about it really, when is, this is why 2023 is the year of the lesbian, but when is that ever at the forefront? You know, it's like gay men maybe, but like, I don't know that there's ever been like, even way, way back in the day with the, with the history when, you know, the lesbians took care of the gay guys during the AIDS epidemic. And like, I don't know that I would even know that that happened if I didn't watch that, um, that mini series when we rise. Did you, did you watch that? Yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. I thought it was really good. Um, so I love that, that y'all are doing this. It really was just amazing. What else? We, what else? Oh, happened? No, just well, we were I was just going to say we, we were just interviewing someone who was like explaining to us that um, that was a huge turning point for like the relationship between the lesbian community and the gay male community, mm-hmm. like which is so I, I mean, it make again, it makes sense. But I, I hadn't thought of it that like just that they had been at odds and there was like a lot more sexism between than there is now between the two groups and and then just like everyone really like had to come together to you know fight the the AIDS epidemic and and you know the government and everything but that was like the beginning of like the communities being intertwined really which is so interesting absolutely all right so I know Jen has to jump off Yep, I'm gonna hop. I was just typing a very sweet message because this has been so much fun, and I don't want to go, but I have back. to. I feel no, like I have I, to I, come I, back. Yeah, I leave you in good hands. As soon as soon as it's done, I'll text you guys. If you're still on, I'll come back. But Jamie, right. thank you so much. This has been super rad. Yeah, yeah. I hope to uh, chat again. Awesome. See y'all later. Bye. Um. So Sarah, exactly. So my brother is gay. He's ten years older than me, and it's always first of all we have our little fights back and forth because he'll go. Why don't you go build a ramp from Home Depot? And I'll go, why don't you go wait in line for Lady Gaga tickets? <laughs> like we just fight. But when we used to go to the clubs that weren't lesbian night, like literally I, for a long time, I was scared to be around gay guys. And as time's gone on, I realized so much has changed, not just in the, you know, straight gay world, but even within our world where it's like, we can actually be friends with gay, with gay men. And it's not weird. And like, I love that. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I love I do like I I used to enjoy going to like regular gay bars a lot more because like I guess maybe when I was just like desperate for that, like mm-hmm. a space where it was just like gay was like a big part, like where just like everyone was gay. But it is just really I, I, I still feel that like like that's what for me why I value lesbian bars so much is that it just still is like. Like just kind of a a disconnect like it's like they're not really like seeing you or like value or like even like caring like if you're gay or not really like you're just like a woman in the space but it's interesting like I've been thinking about recently like why there are so many more gay male-centric bars and someone was telling us that that there always were like before the before like people were coming together like we were just talking about like there were so many gay male bars and just a few lesbian bars and a few co-ed bars and so that there's like a rich history of there just being like so many bars that were like back then like actually exclusively for men and women couldn't come in so I've I've been I'm wondering if that's part of it it's like there's like just a history of like that's in their foundation even though it's not exclusively for gay men anymore so something to think about well, also, I was having this conversation with somebody recently as well, where women just had a different experience. So back in the day, 
gay men and still, but men make more money. They're able to have more power and they weren't necessarily out. So they definitely, you know, we have lawyers and doctors and, and back then it was more rare for women to be in those positions. So if you don't have the money, you don't have the backing and how are you going to have a space? And that probably trickled down through the generations. Yeah. One thing, one thing that we, uh, we learned in San Francisco, I think, so that the San Francisco bar that we visited Wild Side West is one of the old, like oldest still running um, lesbian bars in the country, I would say. And when the, so when the two women that um, founded it, opened it in, I can't remember the exact year, but I want to say like late 60s, mm-hmm. um, it was illegal for women to bartend. Oof. So even though they like had the 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 capital the resources um the kind of privilege to open this bar they like had to get they had to hire men to come tend bar or they would have gone shut down and it's in in san francisco of all places so i'm sure that i'm sure that is all was also true in many other places in the country yeah you know it's funny when when jen was here and she was talking about um you know we didn't really have you, now you can go to any bar. And if we went to a straight bar back when I was 18, 19 years old, like 2001, 2002, we would get stared at the entire time. You'd have at least three different guys come over. If we're in a group, they say, oh, are you guys like some part of like, is this a softball team or something? Like at least once or twice every time. Like what kind of team? What, what do you guys play? What sport? They thought we were a team. And I don't know if they... <sighs> people are just so strange. <laughs> um, and every then we'd get upset that, you know, there'd be a thing. And and then at the end of the, when it would, the night would be released, everybody leaves at the same time, there would always be some kind of harassment. I've had friends that were beat up by men. Um, and so it really is, it's so different now. I know people are, you know, wanting to continue to move forward. And I, I get that. And I still am so grateful for the progress that we've made because I've kind of lived it even, even in the last 20 years, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awful. They were so when was that that people your friends were getting beat up? Um like 2000 early 2000s. Oh, yeah. that's so terrible. Cuz they'd have short hair and back then like sure I I didn't feel I didn't cut my hair till like 3 years ago. It I had like residual like uh-oh, you know, from all the things that were like subconsciously in my mind about what people I remember so I was a sociology major and I wanted to do a study on because I'd go to the mall and I'd walk in and I'd walk in with a girl that was very feminine. And then I, I had long hair, but you could tell. And so I noticed, and I don't know if this was me projecting it or not, that when I would walk in, no the people who usually attack you, hey, do you need help with something? Wouldn't even look at me. And if I would go in with, I, I tested it a few times where I would have the more feminine person walk in first and they would be approached and I wouldn't. And like, I'm like, all right. So I had wanted to do a study on it. I never actually did. Cause it's, but I do think that like now they don't care. I walk in, they say hello to me and, or maybe I have more confidence, but I think it's probably a little bit of both. That's so interesting. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Things are definitely moving in the right direction. <laughs> Obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, what was your favorite bar that you, that you went to? One of our favorites was Wildside West, which is the San Francisco bar that we were just talking about. Um, it has. I, have you been there? No. Um, it it um just like it's decorated in a very cool, interesting way. Like like it's kind of like dark, and there's there's like really. How would you describe the decorations inside? Like, also, we were there for, like, in October. So I'm like, were they just decorated for Halloween? But there was, like, (laughs) there's, like, all. (laughs) There definitely. No, go. Oh, there there definitely were some Halloween decorations (laughs) while we were there. But beyond that, it's, like, very kind of eclectic and artsy. Like, lots of found objects that like might be perceived as trash but yeah. <laughs> in this space were like very intentionally um placed like yeah art yeah and like mem- like like random like film memorabilia and just like yeah like so so the inside is like pretty cool aesthetic on its own then you go down so you go outside and like down this like wooden like winding set of stairs and they had this gorgeous garden like cooler than any patio I've ever seen at any bar or restaurant it's like they have like 
plants that kind of like make different sections so like if you're like sitting at a picnic table you're kind of in your own like hedge a bit and then again there's like all these eclectic decorations that we and and sculptures like there's like actual art pieces and stuff but we learned that some of them are like actual garbage that was like thrown through the window of the bar back in the day or like left on uh, like out front because people didn't want a lesbian bar in the neighborhood and the owner whose name was pat right rachel Mm -hmm. um she was like really artsy and like and just like spunky and she and she was like we're gonna just decorate with this stuff and like made art out of the garbage and it's still there a lot of it is still there that's awesome um as you were talking I just had an idea so I'm sorry they're like bursting I I wish we could talk for hours but like I said about the club Lily's thing that came I have women all over the the world within we made it in August and it blew up it's like 4,000 members and it just keeps growing every day and they are they're meeting up all over the country they're having these meetups because they don't know any other way to meet women because we're like they're older and the dating apps don't really work and I'm thinking what if we get a list of all these bars and and encourage them to have their meetups there oh my god yeah, yeah definitely and maybe refer them to the podcast <laughs> yeah they'll hear it yeah they actually, they told me about a few bars. Was there like two in Kansas or something or Oklahoma or something like there, that? Yeah, there's Oklahoma. three in Oklahoma. So they heard that and they were telling me about, they heard it from you guys. Oh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they're already. We can lit- definitely. Yeah. We can definitely. Um, yeah, we can definitely do that. We can also maybe like put together, like add to our existing list some of the other like lesbian owned or like queer very like queer women friendly um places that people have been telling us about um just as like a resource wait rachel what if we literally made like a guide book to all the yeah we've been to that would be so cool 100%. that would be cool we could literally publish it you're sorry the, <laughs> like you're the lesbian 2023 we need you heard it here first yeah you're we the lesbian. have to do it in 2023 yeah um we could also we I would love to like I'm I'm sure Rachel you're thinking about this too already so I'm like not gonna confirm with you privately but like <laughs> um it would be so cool to, for us to do like a bonus episode about like what you're doing and maybe in like in our in our preseason like really something like that and maybe yeah it, it kind of ties in too with what what y'all are doing because a lot of these women they didn't they they were gay or lesbian or whatever they identify as their entire life but because of like um you know the way they were brought up or so it's like this awakening that's happening and they're just learning so much oh like about their past that already happened that now they see through a new lens and just and they want to know the history you know they're interested in the history and I think that's super important to share especially you know every anyone could go on TikTok now and see you know what's going on in lesbian drama on TikTok but the history is important we don't and if we don't remember where we came from or even know where we came from like sure I remember from but I still wasn't there before that like it's important for us to share that piece so we don't want to lose that you know yeah yeah, yeah totally you're doing they, huge. thanks wait so what how many people did you say is in is it right in now it's at four thousand, but we're getting like you know 50 new new uh group members a day and um it's, it's that's awesome it's non-stop I'm like where is this coming from that's so cool wait I really that that's like you realize that's like a gold mine for like stories and stuff like 100 so interesting yeah, <laughs> yeah. you're oh, gonna that's... love this that's for sure <laughs> oh that's amazing do they listen to your podcast yes Okay. Cool. Yeah. Hi guys. <laughs> hey everyone. Listen to cruising. <laughs> yeah, no, and we'll share that for sure. And I'd love to like collaborate on that. Cause I and just what you're doing in general and what the idea of the group beyond. So the group is created to help just give those women a space to connect and with one another. But also in my view, I really want to support our community. And, you know, like we have to empower ourselves. We can't expect that anyone's going to come and do it for us. And the way that we do that is by sharing these things, encouraging people to go and attend these places. And, you know, even so big long-term goal for me is to have a personal development event where all the speakers and attendees are, you know, part of the community or like very strong supporters of, because I've never been to an event like that where the person on stage represents me, you know? Yeah. Is there is there something specific? Because you this August you said 
said you you launched it like it was like yes. literally a few months ago so yes. was there a reason that you were like I should do this did something yes. what so happened the, the the my for you page was full of these like later in life lesbians and the joke of 2020 to 2022 was oh like tiktok turned me gay and they're all and i'm 40 but i've been out forever but i'm noticing this trend and i am a, um a life coach and so i had like my my last 10 clients that i had signed all had the same issue or i don't know if it's an issue but um where they're now realizing that they're a lesbian and they don't know how to meet people they don't know how to connect what what where's the lesbian guidebook and like uh, i'm like well there isn't one but also, there's not any places for right for um to connect. There wasn't really a, a space for them. So I'm like, whatever, I'm just gonna make this group. And so I decided I, I told them on a TikTok, I'm gonna make this group. And then I got COVID the next day and I like didn't pick up my phone for two days. And then I went back to it and I had like thousands of requests to join. So I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> like let's go. <laughs> that's basically wow. that's amazing. That's so cool. Power I love TikTok. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> well, that's how I found how I found y'all. Yeah. Um, I guess what would you what would if you you have the platform here? So if you want, what comes to your mind of the things that you really want people to know about what you were doing and or what you did or who you talked? Like, what's the number one thing that you really want to share with people? Mm, that's a good question. Number one thing. Oh my gosh. I'm sure there's a lot of things, and they can we can have you back again right. and we. Can, you to share those but maybe like a press thing something like that's on your heart to share on my heart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um okay i'm I, I might end up babbling a little bit so that's fine i apologize ahead of time um but you mean about the podcast or like about <laughs> like <laughs> life what, whatever you feel right now okay. podcast yeah. whatever comes through just that um we're really passionate about what we've been talking about, documenting and telling people's stories, like preserving history. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it might seem like we're, you know, on like on taking road trips and traveling and, and like um, going to bars. But it's just like the podcast itself is like not about drinking or partying at all. Like mm-hmm. it is about queer history and queer stories and like queer communities and that's like really like uh like we do talk in first person sometimes in the podcast and stuff but we're just like really really committed to journalism and and like being as fair as we can and that's I just like really want people to to understand that like that's our mission our, our mission isn't like we don't have like another agenda aside from like we want to preserve this history so yeah that's important to me I'm really glad you said that because I think at least for me and I haven't been like I, I lie I have been out in a while like but um back from when I was 18 and we first started going to the bars the community and the culture that was developed is hey we get really messed up we we do reckless things not only with our drinking and behavior but not necessarily having high morals or integrity and that kind of has trickled through our community still right like lesbian drama is a thing and and all these and alcohol plays a huge part of that so although there was a place for that for me and like from 20 in my early 20s like I don't think that it's very beneficial to the community and I love that you're out learning the history sure having a drink or whatever but like it's not centered around that if that makes sense yeah And it's, like, for the most part, the people that we're meeting and talking to, like, it's not centered around that there either. Like, I I think because the people that are going to these bars, like, really value them as, like, a community space because they're so rare and they're so special. So, like, that is just, like, yeah. Also, if people are, you know, thinking about going to one and maybe nervous about it, like, that is also their mission, too, is to just, like, be – a community where like queer people can be themselves and thrive so it's like at least in these spaces I I've found that it's really um that's really the the vibe there and it's up to us anyways like to change that vibe if that's the vibe of the community it's up to us to empower ourselves you know mm-hmm. totally uh, what about you Rachel yeah um 
Um, well, thinking about your audience um, and your your group in particular, I think um, something that I don't know feels important to share is just that uh, you know we've we have talked to probably like upwards of a hundred. We've done upper hundred interviews with queer people, lesbians, like all over the country of all ages, um, all different backgrounds, and. Uh, like it's really really a range of like when in life people come out um and I don't know I that yeah I'm sorry I'm like babbling but um yeah that just like feels important to share that there are you know people we we talk to people in their 70s and 80s who have been out since they were 12 and we have talked to people in their 70s and 80s who came out at 60 like um it's really there's like a huge huge range um and uh and they're all like equally part of um these like beautiful queer communities all over the country yes that it you're right on point on that um a lot of people coming out now are worried that they're late to the game that people won't accept them into the community that but I think that's important to know whether in 2022 or, you know, 1990 or 1950 or whatever, people came out at a different different times for everybody, depending on what's going on in their lives, in their community, where they're at. And that doesn't make anyone any less valid. Um, so thank you for saying that they do. That is something that they would like to hear. <laughs> yeah, totally. And I, I also think... Yeah. um (laughs) i also think it's like it's a common misconception that like the bars are for young people um especially outside of like um new york city um we found like a huge range of ages um of people that regularly go and and hang out um yeah and uh, and bars and like commingle with all different ages of people yeah yeah it's really I think that I I actually like on in that vein can I like give a little bit of advice also for people like maybe going to a bar for the first time um I would say okay so so we've we've you know been strangers in like almost every like like every known lesbian bar in the country and and what we found is like is that again outside of New York like I love it here but it's so congested um people really like they want to meet new people they want to welcome new people into their community like that's why that's how they got involved in the in the community and started feeling safe at the bar and they know that that's like that that was formative for them so that was just like overwhelming that uh like going into these new spaces and just being like totally welcomed and and so I would say like, don't be, don't be worried about people accepting you like in these spaces, like they, they want to like embrace people. Also um, the bartenders, especially like they have so much to gain from like bringing new people into their family and they, they know everyone. So, so if you're by yourself, I would highly recommend just like sitting at the bar, chatting with the bartender, explaining to them like, I'm newly out like tell them your story if you feel comfortable and they'll we we've talked to bartender like oh yeah if I meet a new someone that is that is new to the community like I'll I'll direct them to a regular I'll talk to a regular about like coming to to hang out with them and welcome them and stuff so I I just think that's like an easy easy road to to like you know feeling comfortable that there is your best resource for sure that's gold right there really um I think a lot of people this is a personal growth podcast for the most part and that's good good advice I think keeping your head up not being worried to you know say hello to people but worst case scenario go to the bar talk to the bartender you know (laughs) yeah let them know that's great I love that um okay so it's time to wrap it up I don't want to take too much of your time but already asked (laughs) (laughs) right can we just hang on all day every day um I, I hope that y'all come down to St. Pete or the Tampa area, although St. Pete's better than Tampa, um, and do something <laughs> down here. Usually at the end, I, I ask my guests if they could go back and tell their childhood self something. So yeah, I think every one of us, when we think about 
our childhood self, there's a specific age that comes up. And for me, it's always nine. I don't know why. For, for y'all, I don't know what it is, but each of you tell me what age it is and just some advice that you'd give your childhood self. Do you, this is such a, do, do you, do you stump people a lot with this one? That's so, ugh. Well, I'm like, I want to treat. Conversations aren't about like, um, road tripping so usually they're like kind of prepping what they so for you I get why I would say right yeah. right, right, right right I like so I, I just think- want to like do her right you know I want to like give her the best advice that I can um something yeah I guess this isn't really advice and this is kind of cheesy but I guess I think the age is 12 or 13 I think that um I would just like she probably wouldn't believe me but I would just want to tell her like what my life is like now and what I'm doing and like that it's going to be okay like that like it's okay that like you're having whatever feelings you're having right now and that you don't understand them but like just so you know like you uh I don't know what 14 years down the line like you will have like traveled the whole country going to lesbian bars and you have a partner and you're happy and you're comfortable with who you are mm-hmm awesome I have like a specific kind of like flashbulb memory that I don't I don't know what age I was but I I just like remember that I was like in the backseat of the car and like we were I was on my old street in Boxborough Massachusetts and like going up the hill and I just remember like because I was like looking out the window that's why I like know that scene and I was thinking like um I really hope I'm not gay like I feel like I might be and I just like really hope I'm not that would be like so complicated and I and but like so like I I like didn't have a lot of trouble coming out and like accepting that eventually but I I, this was like I was definitely like in elementary school thinking this and I definitely I want to tell that person like you are and it like you would never want to be straight in a million years like I maybe like (laughs) would want to explain like this is why it's like so amazing to be gay and why I love it so much and I also think I would really benefit from hearing like you're gonna like do good things like you're gonna like you're gonna like be kind of like uh like you're just gonna like make a difference and and do something special even though it's like even if it's a small scale like because that was something I was like so worried about as like my entire my entire childhood I was like I'm I don't have a purpose, but yeah, I would like love to tell myself that I do have a purpose. <laughs> um, you've only just begun. Only super young. Um, I do have one last question. Was there any lesbian bars in Massachusetts? We we just no, no. but, but not, we just not currently. Us. Go ahead. But and we also haven't the one that we were just talking to people, someone about was a pop-up, wasn't it, Rach? Like, have we heard about one that was a full-time lesbian bar? Um, I mean, currently there's a, there's a, I think really amazing, we haven't gone yet, but we, we want to go. There's a really amazing like pop-up party um, that's organized by this group that I think is working towards opening a permanent spot, but in like, within our kind of lifetime of like knowing about going out um and like growing up in Massachusetts uh I don't remember there being any lesbian bars well I could tell the you, you, the mall downtown Boston there was back in the day it the, now it's a BU uh dorm but it was a hotel at the time and we used to go in this is before like they had like fire restrictions and shit We'd go to this place first of all I was 18 at a fake ID and we went in and in order to get to the bar you had to take an elevator so we had to take an elevator to the top floor and at the top floor, all the windows were glass. And this is just crazy shit going on in there. Like I remember the day it closed because BU bought it and they were going to make it a dorm, which now people are using that floor where we were doing some crazy ass shit as a library. So I'm thinking that's funny. <laughs> um, I remember all the bartenders just had like a little black tape over their nipples. It was like a big wild party because it was like the last time it was going to happen. Now in a million years, you couldn't have to take the only way up or down was in an elevator <laughs> so like that should tell you right there that's just not safe um, <laughs> but it was fun it was a good time yeah we had we had hollywood in in chinatown we had um let's see uh it was called um toast in somerville um that was a good one um one of my friends you might know her beth mcgurr she runs a lot of the parties in um in the massachusetts area and i think she mm-hmm. does in the country 
Um, so, so those were the things that you're listing right now were like, they were lesbian bars. Like they were bars that were like, they weren't establishments. They were nights that happened in certain places. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 That is. So do you know of any like full-time lesbian bars that were ever in Boston? Never. There must have been something, I'm sure, back in the... Maybe in Jamaica Plain. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I know, but I still haven't heard of any. Yeah, no. It's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. Always a night, and that's why I said it would move every six months. Um, And we'd have to wait till a new... Circuit Girl. Circuit Girl was a good one. Um, It was fun. (laughs) This is bringing me back. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, there there should be one eventually. Maybe eventually there'll be a Club Lilies in every state all across the United States. That would be amazing. That would be so That would be so cute. I love that. Do you want to open something? Uh, I... First of all, I'm sober. (laughs) So I don't know. Actually, it might be good to be in the bar sober. I I don't like being wrong you there, know there are multiple out of the like 23 bars we've been to there are multiple bar owners that are sober yeah. but that's not for everyone obviously it's a better but. time I actually just got some DJ equipment because I'm like I'd love to make the party for everybody else I just don't want to be drinking like crazy people with y'all but um yeah I mean maybe eventually at least be you know have other people run it because I have a this business is kind of taking off at the moment and this is not a lot of time but I would love to provide those spaces for people mm-hmm. cool. keep in keep in jen would also love to get into the game so maybe keep in touch with her <laughs> well, about we, that. Need, we need jen to come back on um i love that i love that y'all are in your 20s and I, I, we had a fellow 40 plus year old here i, I like that it makes me feel at home <laughs> we like average each other out so like we all cut we're kind of like a 30 year old crowd i feel yeah. like yeah <laughs> It's like all, it's all in your mind anyways. Like, yeah, totally. To be like me in the sense of like, I don't necessarily feel like I'm in my forties. Um, but like I could party with 26 year olds, 25 year olds, but also I don't necessarily want to, I like to have great conversations. So somewhere in the middle. Right. Mm -hmm. I recently was like, I recently checked in with Jen. I was like, (laughs) I was like, does it bother you that I like make old jokes about you a lot? And she, and she was like, oh no, like as long, cause Jen and Rachel are, are, partners and she was like she was like no as long as Rachel doesn't care <laughs> I'm like yeah. okay I'll keep doing it <laughs> yeah so Jen's got the younger ladies Gotta take yeah them. she does she she holds she's her own smart. she can she can party yeah she, she can party honestly, way better than us yeah she like she runs circles around me like I I'll, I'll be like I'm like it's midnight bedtime let's go home yeah. she's like mm, one more one more round let's stay literally just like been doing that for 20 years because I know how that is yeah Back in the day, we used to go out, at least in Boston. Wednesday night was Women's Night at Boston Billiards. Thursday night, it was called Man Ray in Cambridge, Massachusetts. It was mixed. Friday night was Circuit Girls. Saturday night was another club. And then we'd take a rest day. And then on Monday at Axis on Newberry Street, they'd have a drag show. So literally, we were out every night of the week. <laughs> and you would really do, like, like consistently, you would go every single night. Wow. That's insane. I don't <laughs> Yeah, I don't know if I could keep up. Young well, people are crazy. <laughs> right? Because that's all we had. Like, it was, Yeah. At the time, it wasn't like we were thinking about settling down, getting married, because we couldn't. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's fair. Like, yeah. we're part of your ass is all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love it. All right. Well, I would love to have you back, and to, especially to hear about your next venture, and um, maybe even for a live in Club Lily, so they could ask you questions and, and stuff like that. Um Yeah. That would be amazing. Like what you're doing is amazing. And and we would love to be part of like anything that you want us to be part of. That (laughs) sounds really awesome. Also come to St. Pete. Yeah. Yeah, So how do you know how far we were going to be, Rachel, from there? St. Pete is I don't know my Florida geography. It's pretty close (laughs) to Largo, right? Yeah. Yeah. So there's a a new bar in Largo. I know. Try to um, visit. So be there. While we're down there, hopefully we can. Well, I'll come to the bar person. when you guys are there. Yeah, totally. yes, I'll interview so you then. Well, yeah. you'll be in that episode or something. Like I that. heard, I heard that they have. Um, yeah, I just heard about that, and they have uh, different people went there for a drag sh- or a, a drag king show. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Cool. I, yeah. Okay, so can we not get this lost either? Some of the younger lesbians that I know had no idea that drag kings were actually female. <laughs> really yeah. what did they they they're like they're like no they and I'm like 
is this getting lost? We're not <laughs> maybe losing. they maybe they just like don't really know about drag. I I don't know. That's that doesn't. I was like, no, it's a drag king show. They're like, but they and they showed me a photo. They're like, but they're um, but they're they're guys. I'm like, no, they're not. Look, it's like, no, it's that's <laughs> it's the drag. Point. That's the point. Wow. So yeah, I was like, please don't lose this. In tr- <laughs> um, <laughs> All right. Well, let me know when you're all are down. And um, thank you again for, for coming on. Yeah, thank you for having us. It was thank you so, so great. much. That was Sarah, Jen, and Rachel from The Cruising Pod. I will have all the information so that you can check out their podcast and what they're doing in the description. What an amazing conversation. I, I wish it could go on forever. Um, let's just continue to follow along with them and, and see what unfolds. And until next time, peace.